This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Actually, it's not even remotely close. I have green grass in my yard. However, as I record this, and I will release it today on the Witch Witch, the December 23rd, there is a winter storm warning, I believe a blizzard going on out in the western Minnesota. So, maybe, maybe we'll get some white, we'll see. Um, I don't want too much snow because we still need to make some ice, but the good thing about this weather system is that it's going to get really cold after, and, and people listening to this in the south are going to be like, why the hell would that be a good thing? Well, because it's going to make ice, and uh you don't want a shit ton of snow before you get cold because it insulates and you don't get good ice. So this could be really good if we don't get a ton of snow and then it gets really cold for a few days. We could be smiling as far as ice quality on all the area lakes. So that's that. Hey, welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Luganville. This is your weekend recap and rant. Now this weekend is like, I don't know, it's... It's more than a weekend. It's multiple days. And there's also a reason why I'm recording this on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. Because uh, there was like an additional thing added in. And I'll get to that. But I have a fair amount to cover. Uh, I think it was last Thursday in there. Maybe Friday. I don't remember. I don't know how many times I do this and go, why don't I write this down? Like, I should just, I should have a blog anyways. But it's just, I don't know, dude. It's just dumb. It's one of those lies I tell myself, and then I believe myself every time I say it. 
Um, basically, what I'm saying is I'm in a an abusive relationship with myself. <laughs> um, so whatever day it was, it wasn't the weekend yet. But uh, Joel and I went out fishing and uh, walked out to a spot. We weren't quite sure if there was uh, good good enough ice for a wheeler, which gosh, I think we probably could have got away with it. But getting away with it is not something you really want to do um, when it comes to ice and ice safety. So, all right. So, stupid phone rang. All right. Got on. Uh, do not disturb. So, here we go. <laughs> Anyways, so we we hit an area lake and where we can walk out. Wasn't a bad wasn't a bad walk at all, really. But this has been the season for ice cleats. So, if you have not picked up a good set of ice cleats, uh, oof. You're going to want some because even if, like, the way this storm is setting up, the western states look like they might get some snow states. The western parts of the state and the north might get snow, but the further east you get, not as much snow. So probably still. And that the slipperiest ice is just a little bit of snow. Like, it's almost slipperier than no snow at all because it's just. I mean, you ever play that uh, shuffleboard, the little bar version, little discs that you throw down? freaking love that game anyways uh, it's kind of like that so you get that little bit of dusting on ice that is the worst so anyways uh it wasn't like that but i had patchy ices and uh patchy ices god i think i need another cup of coffee um it was patchy like there was some uh compact snow and then there was some bare ice so it was anyways what i'm saying is you need your ice cleats so you don't smash your head and we get out there, um, drill old holes, because Joel had already kind of scouted out this area, or not really scouted, he fished it already. And the reason we were fishing it again is because he had caught some decent fish there. And, uh, yeah, we started drilling, and it didn't really take long, and we started to catch some fish. And I was, uh, it was kind of fun because we're in relatively shallow water. I'd say about mm, 10 feet, somewhere in there, 12 maybe. And uh, weeds bunch of weeds everywhere so you would drill and you'd you know put your vex down some some holes just for like choked out with weeds and then you just move over a little bit and you want to get on the edge of those weeds and that's where the fish would be and just for shits and giggles i started off pretty aggressive i had a, a t-rip the kender's new t-rip and i'm jigging that and what's fun you know obviously i'm watching my vex but it's kind of pointless because these crappies would come in and just sm- you wouldn't you wouldn't mark them because they would just they'd hit it from outside the cone. You're in relatively shallow water, so you're not throwing a big cone anyways on your electronics. And uh, you know I'm ripping this thing and boom, you just get smashed. I mean they were just engulfing this thing. And but then you kind of see down in the weeds, you'd see something moving around or something would come up a little slower. Look at the T-rip and then go back down. You're like, oh, that's probably gill. So. I'd, Real upset that down, grab my tight line rod, strip down there and get and get there and and then uh and work those fish and then catch those bluegills. And uh we did get a couple decent ones. Um nothing like earth shattering or anything, but uh good ones in that like if we were fishing a tournament there again would be would have been really helpful because <laughs> we didn't get a full limit that day i'm not sure anybody got a full limit that day i have to go back i don't remember um that was what two seasons ago i think i think that was the first season i joined minnesota made yeah anyways uh i've learned learned quite a bit since that first season in mn made ah, i love this league it's so much fun and, and the amount of stuff you learn and uh 
pretty excited about this upcoming season because we got some new teams um, with some skill levels, some well, um, kind of beginner. Well, tournament. I'm not gonna call them beginner uh, ice fishermen because I've been ice fishing for, for a while, but um, new tournament fishing. And from somebody who I can speak to experience of that, you know, if you feel like you're, you know, a better than average angler, and then you jump into a tournament you see just how different it is. But the great thing about it, and I guess I can only really speak to our leagues, I haven't been in any other leagues, but in Minnesota Made, people are willing to reach out and help you, teach you, and I, yeah, my, my skill level is much, much further along than it was when I first joined the league. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to this year very much we're getting very close to it it's coming up what we need is good safe ice that we can start rolling around in wheelers because what i wanted to do this weekend with my spare time was to start scouting and pre-fishing uh our first lake which it's the i mean it's still got time it's the second weekend of january i believe is the is the uh first event but take advantage of it and really dissect that lake but i was like it's it's really hard to you know, do that on foot. You can't really cover much ground. It's just, it's, it's, it's not really viable. So just kind of been fun fishing in the meantime. Um, but I have been working on these new techniques. So I'm, I'm refining my tight lining, which if you follow along on social media, I am just in love with it. And I remember talking to Giz, uh, on the ice last year and, I was tight line curious because he was using the old schoolie reel. And this was like our first ice fishing trip of the year. It was like first ice. And uh, and I'm using my spring bobber, which I've used for decades. And I'm just like, I just don't understand. He's like, well, it's just fun. It's not so much about the tight line, the schoolie reel. You, know, you get more of a fight, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, as far as like the bite detection, like I just feel like, like I understand the concept of tight lining, but it's kind of like that's – pretty much what I do with my spring bobber like I'm not always looking for the bobber to go down you know if it goes up I know a fish has got it you know any deviation to what is normal can be you know if they grab it on the way down like anything that is not normal is a bite and I'm like I feel like that's just what tight lining is well now that I am tight lining I can tell you that that is not completely accurate it kind of can be accurate I mean there are there are elements of tight lining that you can definitely adopt over to spring bobber however it's a few weeks of ice fishing that i've done and experimenting with this tight lining technique i can tell you without a doubt in my mind that there are fish that i have caught that i would not have caught with a spring bobber because um, there's times where they just they and bluegills are known to do this where they'll just suck it in they just it like it's a side to side. It's not up or down. So I, on a spring bobber, I wouldn't have seen anything. It wouldn't have gone up. It wouldn't have gone down. It wouldn't have changed at all. I would have had to be, the only way to see that is to look at your line down in the water and see your line move over just a little bit. That's it. And that's the one thing that you could um, transfer over from spring bobber, from tight lining to spring bobber, is if you think you have a bite, Something weird happens with your, you're watching a spring bobber, something weird happens, and you think, you're like, ooh, I wonder if fish has it. Instead of setting the hook, which is what I would normally have done, and then if they didn't have it, you pull it away, it's out of the strike zone. Maybe you spook that fish off, you know, because you set the 
hook fast is to drop your rod tip. Like that's key with the tight lining and uh, Lawrence Loma taught me that. Um, but that's super important because when you drop that rod tip, you'll see the slack in your line as you're tight lining and that, you know, there's no longer the weight of the jig pulling that line tight. So obviously that a fish has it and then you set the hook so you could do that with a spring bobber if you're watching a spring bobber and you're just like ah something's weird um i didn't really say you didn't really notice anything but you're looking at your vex like the the, the fish mark is right on your jig mark you're like it should be hitting right now and a lot of those fish that i catch are instinctive where you're like you don't really see anything but i feel like there should be a fish on it you set the hook and there's a fish on it so same thing if you're, you're looking at your vex and you're your jig mark on your your electronics has been completely overtaken by this fish, but you haven't detected a bite yet. One way to tell that would be to just drop your rod tip, even with the spring bobber. Because if you drop your rod tip with the spring bobber, if he is on there, again, what's going to happen, the fish has all the way to that jig, and you're going to see your spring bobber relax just a little bit. If your spring bobber relaxes, he's got it, go ahead and set the hook. The beauty of it is if you drop your rod tip and nothing changes, that means it's just it's the same weight on that spring bobber with, with just your jig, no fish on it. You're like, oh, nobody's not there. And then you can move it back or you can continue to move that fish up or down or, you know, try to trigger a bite, whatever. Or keep dead sticking. It's fine. And then just keep checking it from time to time and see if he, if he sucks that bait in. The beauty of that is you're still right there in his face. You're still right there in the strike zone instead of setting the hook, getting out of the strike zone, having to drop back down, or spooking that fish off if they're in a really negative mood so um that's what i've been working on um so that that part is good i've been playing around with uh some more aggressive techniques trying to see if i can get some you know see if it, it helps me in plucking the bigger fish in the area out sooner or at all so like with the t-rip it's a it's a really good fast aggressive presentation but i love how small they are but how fast they fish like, I feel like those are going to be really, really deadly on crappies as far as getting the, I mean, I just, what I've known with crappies is that they, at times, they can be as aggressive as bass or pike. In fact, I was jigging for pike years ago, sight fishing at a chubby darter, you know, so the same kind of style bait, and I'm just ripping that thing and watching it. Cause it's just fun to watch these little pike come in there and smash that thing. But instead of a little pike, this big crappie came in and smashed it. Same thing. I'm looking down this hole in the ice. I'm, I'm sight fishing, and all of a sudden, a blur. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was a little pike, and it ended up being a decent crappie. And I was like, holy crap! So I mean, that thing made up its mind three, four, five, six feet ago that it was going to smash this bait. And it makes sense. If they're you know, if they're eating minnows, or they're eating small bait fish. Like they're not going to creep up on a minnow. A minnow's not going to let a predator fish just sniff his ass, you know, like they're going to have to hit that thing from a distance. Uh, so that's where those T rips and K rips really come in. And, uh, so I was using that on this lake and with a lot of success. And then I went to, uh, and then I downsized and went to, uh, to catch those bluegills. Now, one, the other thing I need to start working on is uh, now that I'm like addicted to this tight lining and the schoolie reel, I need to kind of, not let go of the don't always fish because I already have a tendency to do this. And now now I have a even bigger reason to do it because it's just a ton of fun and it's even more uh, accurate or sensitive or detecting those light bites. So I have a tendency to go finesse when I probably 
A, don't need to, or shouldn't. And so just like with getting those extress, ex, mm, aggressive strikes with the crappies, I should be trying to get aggressive strikes with the bigger bluegills. So I need to have another rod rigged up with a, a more aggressive plastic or something for um, for bluegills to try to pluck those aggressive ones. And then if they're being timid or whatever, then I can go in with the finesse. Because um, the faster you fish, I think the better off you're going to be. Uh, so anyways, <clears throat> that's what I'm going to be. That's what I've been toying with. So I can't, my point being is I can't be out scouting and pre-fishing for my events, but preparing for the tournament season is definitely in the forefront of my mind. So I'm working on the things that I can work on right now. And that's while well, fun fishing. <laughs> so that's what I did. So then Saturday rolls around <clears throat> and, uh, I got a bit of a day planned. Uh, the original plan was to uh, go fishing with Hannah Stonehouse Hudson, Nicole uh, Stone, and Anna Nice. We're going to all fish together and then do a podcast later. Well, as it got closer and closer, schedules were changing. Some things weren't going to work out. Um, Nicole didn't end up being able to be there. Anna wasn't there. Uh, I still met Hannah on the ice, and I met Cody, and there was Tina, I think, was another lady on the ice. I don't remember their names. Uh, so bad with names, but Anyway, so we went up there, and it was still a really good uh, day of fishing. I had uh, a lot of fun and and just talk with them and sharing ice time with, with basically strangers. I mean, I've, I met Hannah, and I've been following her on social media, and we've talked. But other than that, um, don't know her, know her. However, on my way up there, <laughs> so we were supposed to meet at the lake at about 10 o'clock, which I was a little late, and I was really doing good. I was on... Like, for people that know me, I'm usually the guy that's, like, just a few minutes late. If not, like, you know, a lot of bit late. I was making a really good time. Uh, I had left a little my house a little early, and I'm going all the way up to Detroit Lakes from my house in Stacy, which is, like, just under four hours, according to Google. Uh, but traffic was super light, um, which, you know, to be expected on an early Saturday morning. Uh, everything was fine. So I was making a really good time. It looked like I was going to get there by almost an hour early, possibly. So I'm just cruising along, literally cruising along. I got the, my my cruise set. I'm going westbound on Highway 10. And this other vehicle decides to cross Highway 10 um, whenever they pleased. Uh, didn't matter that I was there. <laughs> so they get right out in front of me and... I, you know, I hit the brakes and I swore, but there it was, uh, an impact was inevitable. There is zero way I could have avoided it. And had I tried too much, I probably would have, you know, rolled my vehicle or there would have been, it could have been a lot worse. Or if I had just went straight through, had I had not been paying attention or whatever, I would have straight T-boned this, this other car. And that would not be good to just run into that thing at 68 miles an hour would have, uh, that wouldn't have been good. So I I was able to uh, reduce my speed quite a bit without fully locking up the brakes and losing control, and I turned, and so instead of a direct hit, it was more of a glancing blow. Did, however, jack my truck up quite a bit, and that is in the shop as we speak. I get to deal with insurance stuff, yay. Um, and, I mean, right away I'll just tell you that like, nobody was hurt, both either party, me or, or the other person, which I'm extremely thankful for because when we first made impact and the car 
then, you know, like ricocheted off the left and went into this field, it looked to me like she was headed straight for a telephone pole. And she shot past that telephone pole by quite a bit. So had she had hit it, would not have been good. So I'm very thankful that that did not happen. Uh, her car was messed up, not drivable. Uh, began, but she was not, she was not hurt. So the tow truck was able to hook her up and and get that vehicle towed away. Uh, my truck was still drivable. There was the the bumper was pushed up against the tire. It kind of cut into the tire a little bit. Uh, was able to like break off a small chunk of that. It still was like rubbing. So the the record that was there. He actually kind of came back around. The trooper called him back. He was just there, thought maybe, you know, both vehicles might need a tow. So there was two wreckers, and it left. But then he called him right back because I was trying to use my spud bar to bend this bumper out, and I wasn't doing anything. So he hooked up a chain to it, bent it out a little bit so it wasn't rubbing on my tire, and, and that was it. Not leaking any fluids. Uh, steer's fine. It actually didn't even break. Like it, it broke the outside of the light, but the the light itself, like the headlight, driver's side headlight is still working. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that's possible, but at least it wasn't uh, a padiddle. And uh, and so, I mean, at this point, you know, and of course I was in contact with um, them. I said, you know, I sent a message like, hey, uh, this just happened, so I'll be a little late. And yeah, I'll be a little late because there's no point and this was like just west of Wadena so I'm, I'm almost to the Detroit Lakes area there's it's not gonna do me any good to go home at this point like might as well fish you know so that's what I did we it just continued on and fishing was a little tough um it was a lot of t- it was actually it was actually pretty tough during the middle part of the day and boy did that tight lining came into play again like I was I was getting some bites that I just don't think I would have detected otherwise. Nobody else on the ice was really catching anything. And then um, there was right right at sun. Now, about the time the sun hit the treetops, um, the bite really picked up. And then everybody started catching some fish for, you know, it was a good 15, 20-minute flurry of activity. And it probably would have continued uh, into, you know, into the evening. But everybody had to get going and, and as it were. So, so that... Had a good time there, um, obviously, and then uh, Hannah wasn't feeling good, so she had to leave early, so there was no podcast recorded, so uh, sorry about that, you didn't get a regular episode this week again. Um, I'm working on it, though, I got some really interesting uh, people coming up that uh, aren't even here, like I got uh, some people from the East Coast, uh, they're going to talk about Atlantic Salmon and uh some pretty cool, interesting conservation stuff over there. And I, I got I got feelers kind of all out here, there, and everywhere. If there's anybody that you guys uh, would like me to have on the show, uh, send them my way or let me know. I'll, I'll reach out to them or, or just have them contact me. I mean, I'm always down for whoever. Uh, anything in the outdoor space. It doesn't have to be ice fishing. doesn't have to be hunting necessarily. You know, it any, pretty much anything in the outdoor space. So if you personally know of somebody, you have a direct line of contact with somebody, uh, reach out to them, send them my way. Uh, they can send me a message or I can be the one that reaches out. Or if there's somebody that you just think, somebody you know, like you watch on social media or whatever that you think would be a good um, guest to have, let me know. And then I'll put them on my radar and I can try to find ways of, of reaching out to them and sending them a message or whatever. And yeah, 
and you can stay kind of proactive in that. So Sunday rolls around, and Sunday was kind of a lazy day at the house. Uh, was just had to get some stuff. You know, we're just trying to get the house ready for like Christmas and um, stuff like that. So I wasn't really planning on doing anything. Uh, I was more helping the wife out around the house. But we did get to a little bit of a lull area, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like I need to do something. So I mean, I like, I was like, if I leave now, <laughs> I can. And by the time I get to the spot, I'll have about 30, 45 minutes to fish before it gets dark. Screw it, let's go. So that's what I did, and uh, yeah, went out to area lake and started fishing, started catching fish, and it started getting dark, and I kept. I kept using my schoolie reel, and I'm catching these, like, really nice bluegills, like, way better than average bluegills, and it's getting dark now, and I thought for sure that, like, there was quite, and I did catch a couple crappies in there, but as it got darker and darker and darker, like, to the point where I couldn't, it couldn't really tight line anymore, I couldn't see my line, had to go to night mode on the Vexlar, because it was just too bright, like, it was dark, there was a picture I posted on Instagram, like, it was, you can see in that picture, like, how dark it was. And all of a sudden, these big marks would come in way high, suspended. I'm like, oh, those are crappies for sure. And I reach up to them, and, and they just, they were these bigger bluegills. I couldn't, I, I don't, that might be the latest I've caught a bluegill um, as far as like light level day time goes. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, but then it just got dark, and I'm like, all right, it's time to go. I, I was like, I thought about staying out there and catching crappies, but I was, you know, I was like, nah, you just, you're going to do this. So this is what I did, and let's head back. So, um, I was going to do something on Tuesday, yesterday. I was going to, um, I was going to record is what I was going to do. I was going to wake up right away in the morning, record my weekend and rant, get that, get that up, um, hook up with Dick J, get another Waterfall Wednesday, uh, episode on the books that I still got to do. Um, but then I get this random text message that says, Hey, you want to go, I can't remember what it is. Now I gotta go look at it. Let me let me pull it up here. As it was like kinda out of the blue. So I get this text message from a, a number I don't recognize. It's not in my contacts. And just says, You busy tomorrow afternoon? I was like, huh? Oh yeah, so he didn't send so that he sent me that um that would be Monday night. Yeah. So it's like you busy tomorrow afternoon. And so I'm like, uh I don't think so i was like what's up and i'm thinking who is this this could have just been a random number like this could easily be one of those wrong number conversations that just go you know like hey bella ball what's you doing but you know whatever anyways and so i just i was like you know what i should probably just say hey i don't recognize this number who this and that's basically what i did and then Goes back and says, "Oh, it's Dalton." I'm like, "Oh, Dalton! I didn't even know he had my number." So Dalton's the guy uh, that I have hunted with, goose hunted with before. But like, I don't know. It's been a few years since I've hunted with him. Um, so it was like super out of the blue. And then I had opened my Snapchat, and he had sent me a message on Snapchat too, which is probably what he did first, and then and then texted me, but. I was like, uh, yeah, he wanted to go to a game farm. And I'm like, well, I haven't really done it. He's like, ah, oh, it's already paid for. Let's, you know, I'm like, oh, well, in that case, I got nothing better going on. Let's go. So then that was going to be the plan. So I was going to get up, record, meet him in the afternoon, shoot some birds. Uh, thought it'd be fun. So I'm like, well, let's do that. Well, then 
uh, Tuesday morning rolls around and I get a text message from him. He's like, oh, man, I guess the fields are full. And he usually can just, you know, waltz in there whenever he wants and, and go hunting. I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. I said, well, we could still do something. I mean, uh, let me reach out to Chad Hughes from Wings North, see if he's got any fields open. And I was, you know, so kind of going, he's like, yeah, that would be cool. Let's do that. I'm like, all right. So I sent Chad a message. I'm waiting to hear back from him. I haven't heard back from him. And then all of a sudden I get a text back from him. It's like, yeah, I can get him in this morning. So I was like, okay, do you got enough, you know, how many people? Well, you know, and I should have just called him because it was like this big delay in the communication. And then I finally text Dalton. I'm like, you know what, let's just go. Let's just let's go up there, um, go to the clubhouse, see what he's got. If we can go hunting, great. If not, you know, wild bird numbers are decent right now. Uh, actually, you know, we're out goose hunting in that. I've heard and seen a fair amount of roosters. Uh, so we could just try to get some wild birds. And then Shangwatana State Forest is right there. We can always go try to shoot some grouse. So that was like our backup plan. I was like, well, let's just go there, see what happens. If nothing else, we'll just go try to hunt some wild birds. Why the hell not? So that's what we did. Went up there, but it all worked out. We got there. Chad got us on a field. Uh, they had birds ready for us in the field by the time we got there. And that's the first time I've ever done anything like that. I've never done the game farm thing. And uh, I don't game farm shame. It's just like I don't have a dog, so it's not really, you know, there's no point in me doing that other than, the, you know, shoot some birds. But because it gets dogged quite a bit. They're like, oh, this, it's not really hunting. It's not this. And you know what? You're right. It's not exactly. I mean, you still got to. I mean, we still, dude, we walked and walked and walked and walked. I mean, we, we pushed some brush. I mean, it wasn't like super easy it's not like you just it's not like they're standing in the road and you just roll them over like you still got to get them and flush them um now yeah they're not wild birds there's a few times where i spotted the bird before the dog that you know dogs working over there and i'm like oh crap there's a bird right here but then what it is is and again going back to like i don't have a dog so there wasn't really any reason for me to go there is it's not you know, when someone says, oh, that's not really hunting. Well, yeah, you're right. It's not. It has, but it has nothing to do with that. In my opinion, it's like good exercise for the dog. It's watching the dog work. It's getting there. It's all about the dog, in my opinion. And it was great watching the dog work. And yeah, you get to pull the trigger and that part's cool. But really, that's, that is like, less than secondary like you just you're there and plus you know i hadn't hunted with dalton for a few years like i said so it was super fun to catch up with him and we just you know had a really good day um shooting the shit watching the dog work got to bring a few birds home so i'm gonna cook up some i'm gonna do some fancy shit with uh the pheasants and i had uh he just wanted pheasants out there but when i was talking to chad i was like hey Throw some, throw a handful of uh, chuckers out there too. I've never shot a chucker. I've never eaten a chucker. So let's, uh, you know, let's throw a little variety in in the mix. So he put out a few chuckers too. And uh, so, yeah, so we got some chuckers. We got some pheasants. And I've never eaten chucker. So I'm going to uh, fancify up some uh, wild game meal here. Probably do that today, actually. I got nothing better to do because um, it's really windy and that storm is coming in. So, I don't know. We shall see. So that was that. There's my my weekend recap and rant. It includes uh, fish, wrecked vehicles, um, <laughs> and upland game hunting, which I did not think I was going to do. Oh, and by... 
So in my normal fashion of dragging my feet, you know, he he's going to pick me up, and he, which Dalton did. And then I was like, ah, oh, crap, I was going to look for my other chokes for my gun because I have my waterfall chokes and my, the pattern master. I'm like, ah, screw it. So that's what I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I missed a few times. Um, having a, a wider choke would have probably been a really good idea. And not having that, because there was one, it worked out, because there was one bird that was really close that I completely just, feathers went every, everywhere. I thought that thing was going to be sal- unsalvageable. But as it were, it just like blew the ass off of it. And the chest was like perfect. There's like not a BB in the meat at all. So it kind of pre-gutted the bird for me. So got lucky on that one. But anyways, uh, next time I will make sure that I have a proper choke in for the uh, for the quarry that that I am pursuing. So that's not a that's not a problem. But I had a lot of fun. I could definitely see me doing it again. And uh, it does make you start kind of thinking about getting the dog. But I'm not quite there yet. Uh, that's all. That's. Not quite there yet because I'm not going to get a dog unless I know that I have the time, money, effort, and all that to really train it and do well. Because there's nothing worse than going in the field with a bad dog. with with an, I won't say bad dog. With an, a poorly trained dog. It's usually never the dog's fault. It's almost always the trainer's fault or the handler's fault. So, uh, But it's just irritating. You hit the woods and some, you know, or you, somebody tells you last minute it's always last minute because they know and they're like oh i'm bringing my dog hope that's okay uh, it's rarely okay and they just listen to me yell at their dog the whole time so that part sucks but anyways i'm not gonna go on that big rant diatribe for my uh rant this week it's not so much as a rant right i'm gonna get I'm, it's it's gonna be a little more of a um I don't know what you're gonna call it, but it's not really a rant. So as we as we are getting in, and a shit ton of people are going out in the ice. <clears throat> first, I want to give some kudos um, because normally, you know, you start seeing the posts on Facebook or whatever, people leaving trash and shit all over the ice, and that just infuriates me. Um, but I have to say, there's been a lot of pressure on the ice already. Very little trash so far has been left behind. So everybody's doing a great job of picking up at them, of picking up after themselves. Uh, and so I just want to say, good job, everybody, for doing that. And if it's just that people are picking up other people's trash and I'm not seeing it, that's awesome too. And so let's just keep that. You know, I'm just. I guess my rant's gonna be a motivation to continue to do that it doesn't require a facebook post it doesn't require this and that and i get it if it's really bad you know i mean it's good to let people be aware of, a, of an issue and then to try to set a good example so that's you know if you do share it on social media that you know that's fine um, but ultimately it, the most important thing is just pick up the shit right and so i've done it a couple times uh nothing major and that's the thing like it's like oh I mean, I'm already, I don't go like way out of my way. Like if I see way on the other side of the lake, I can tell there's a, a pop, pop can or something. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing, go 500 yards over there to grab it. All right. But if, if I'm on my way out something and like right there is a wrapper, I'm going to pick it up. And that's why I, you know, I did that a couple times. Um, the only kind of rant rant or, or thing that I'll say is, just because something, an item is small, doesn't mean it's still not littering. All right. So this last time I went out to this, the area lake that I was fishing, just for that real quick, that real quick Sunday outing, 
there was what I was seeing is people were leaving the caps on the little one pound propane cylinders, the little rubber, little plastic caps. And those things were like everywhere. It's not a lot, but, but why? That's, that's, I mean, it's not a lot. I mean, that's the thing. They're so tiny. They don't weigh anything. So why wouldn't you just put those in your sled or your bucket or your pocket? Like it's not, I, I get that it's a small thing. So it's like in your mind, you're not leaving behind a giant trash pile, which you're not. But you're not, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to sound like too bickery, like we need to do better, but it's just like, why not? Like, it's, that, it's such a little thing, there's no reason to have left that on the ice. And, and yeah, is that going to destroy the lake? No, but why? why, but why? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no scenario, I guess I would have a hard time Believing you could come up with a good argument as to why you left those on the ice. I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, you were just so overloaded. I mean, you came out with it. it was, I mean, just put it in your pocket. Put it put it in the bag. Put it in your sled. Put it in your uh, bucket. Put it any, anywhere. Like, it, they don't take up any space. And then when you get somewhere, throw it away. I mean... Pretty simple. I, I, it's just not that, that big of a deal. So I'm not like, it's not like the biggest deal in the world, and I'm losing my shit or anything. It's just like I was more like, why, 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 why would you do? Why would you leave these? Let's just pick them up. So, anyways, um, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, let's all do a good job of keeping the ice clean. And with more and more people hitting the ice this year, the risk is going to go up, and a lot of new people hitting the ice and. Uh, more often, it's it's let's set a good example. Always remember to leave it better than you found it, uh, if at all possible. Uh, it's just nobody wants to go fish in a trash hole, you know. I mean, that's that that's what it comes down to. You went to that when you went to that lake that day, and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to go to this lake and do whatever. Um, why I put this on freaking do not disturb, and I got a call anyways. Oh, sorry about that. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, point being, um, yeah, just do a good job. Nobody wants to go out. You know, when you're going out to the lake and you're like, oh, I can't wait to go fishing. The vision in your head isn't like kicking pop cans and beer cans of trash around so that you can drill a hole in the ice. Like, you, everybody wants this perfect, pristine lake to go fish in. So let's keep it that way. It's pretty easy. So I'll pick up your own trash. And at times, maybe you got to pick up somebody else's. And no big deal. Just do it. Needs to be done. And uh, everybody will be better off for it. So that's what I got. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Happy Kwanzaa, Festivus for the rest of us. Um, Be safe, be kind, uh, whatever your passion. Pursue it full scale.